Hello everyone, welcome to the episode 55 of Solid Saturday. The guest we have today, Luciana Fallheber. She is a first generation, generation Latin American actress, activist and filmmaker. Born and raised in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, Luciana came to US with an academic scholarship to study at Fordham University, where she graduated summa cum laude and later continued her education in international politics at Columbia Graduate School. Now a working actress based in Los Angeles, Luciana has acted alongside the actors like Robert Downey Jr., Sir Ben Kingsley, Jennifer Lopez, Ted Danson, and Justin Chambers, to name the few. She, produced, she produces, writes, and directs original content as an outlet to provide opportunities to emerging artists of all cultural backgrounds. Her first feature, Don't Look, received six reward nominations and four wins in the festival circuit. Luciana is currently working on set of four short films and being, bring the light to the social issues to raise consciousness and a docuseries about female empowerment and a sexual re revolution in the United States. Luciana also works as an influencer using her platform to discuss issues of equal pay, immigration and overcoming hardship. So let's just welcome her and hear more about her career journey. How did she find her area of interest and managing to lead that? So welcome, Luciana. Very happy to have you on the show and really appreciate all your time and consideration being on the show. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. And uh, moving towards our first section is about passion or interest. So how did you find your interest in content creation, acting, directing, and filmmaking? You are like handling multiple roles. So what steps did you take to pursue that passion or the interest? Um, you know, when I first started acting, my teacher at the time told me that if you could do anything else in your life, just go ahead and do it because acting is really difficult. And at the time, I really didn't understand what he meant by that. Um, but today, after, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years now, I realize that it's, it's because I think your passions in life kind of choose you. Uh -huh. you know, and it becomes a career, it becomes a life path, it becomes part of who you are in a way. Um, and I think it's the same with, with this industry. I started as an actress. I love it, still what I do primarily. Um, but my passion is really for telling stories and there are so many stories that are not being told. And that's when I started uh, to produce and direct and do other parts of, of telling stories. Um, so it just kind of evolved naturally. Um, I like to, to, to create projects and um, it'd be a film or a TV or, or um, theater really that really just express some kind of uh cause or feeling that is universal but yet so specific and so particular so if you go on my um instagram you see a short film that i created there called december and that's was something that was so particular to my life at, at one point um, and I remember taking that to the festival circuit and everybody telling me stories of breakup and heartache and all the things that they've been through and, um, and their criticism, why they liked it, why they didn't like it and things like that. And every 
every time I had those conversations, I remember telling them, I'm so glad that you got that. I'm so glad that you feel this way because this is exactly what I was going for. Either be a criticism of, oh, I didn't like that this was, you know, I'm not going to ruin it for you. You got to go check it out. Um, but they would be like, oh, I didn't like that it ended this way. Or, you know, oh, I didn't like it that this happened. Or, oh, I don't know their names or the characters. I made that on purpose because I wanted it to be a place where you could put yourself in those shoes. And it really worked. Um, and that's a piece I'm really proud of. And this year I created another project called Homeless. And it's about the homeless crisis. I created that with my partner, Javier Gomez, and he plays the lead character in the short film. It's a beautiful piece about overcoming or um, also about difficulties of the system in the United States and how to overcome um, that uh, huge, huge thing in life, you know, of not having shelter, the question of shelter. Mm -hmm. As I, I get older, I think it's as much physical as it is emotional, you know, finding that shelter. Um, so we're, we're going to release it, hoping to, to release it before the year is over. And literally, we know that we shot in February, just as we were hearing about this mysterious new virus that nobody knew about. Um, and we were lucky enough to finish before the first lockdown. And, um, and, you know, it's, it's even more pertinent now, even more important now, this question of shelter and homelessness and belonging in general. So it's, it's, I think we got lucky in that sense that now out of the blue, we have something that is even more specific to this time. So keep an eye out for that one. So I've been trying to make projects that have meaning to me. Um, as well as that they're fun. You know, when you get to be an actress, you get to tell someone else's story, which is such a gift. Um, but it's also nice to be in a place where I can highlight things that I find important. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's great, actually. And you will explore more about the initiatives that you are part of. You already mentioned a couple of, and those are really great. Sounds great to me. And we'll explore more about it in the latter section. So before we come over to that, uh, we have the second section, which is for questions from the audience. So the first question that I have is, what challenges did you come across being person of a color in America and how did you overcome those? Um, I would say there's only challenges. Unfortunately, um, it's, it's really difficult. I think being a woman um, in a professional environment is difficult in any profession. So, you know, I am a big advocate of helping other women, supporting women, trying to open doors if I can to anybody that's coming alongside me or behind me. Mm -hmm. um, but it, I always joke that I didn't know that I was brown until I moved to America. Uh -huh. You know, growing up in Brazil, we were all kind of the same. You know, some people are darker, some people are lighter. I remember the year, uh, my last year of, uh, of college there, I remember reading the census and people self-declared 855 different shades, you know. So that's just kind of where I come from. It's, it's, a, it's a melting pot of we're kind of all the same or we're kind of not. Um, so it wasn't something that we discussed growing mm -hmm. up. Um, I haven't been living there for many years. And as what I hear now that that's a discussion of race is in ethnicity is something that is happening there as well. But growing up, I didn't have that sense. Everybody I knew was brown and we would never really questioned whether or not we were of a particular color or another color. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was never something that was brought up to my attention until I moved here. And once I moved to America, I encountered a lot of prejudices like, oh, your first 
first language is not English, you can't study this. And I'd be like, what do you mean? Like, what, what are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Or like, oh, you know, in the entertainment industry, oh, you're Latina, you can only play Latino roles, you know? And I'm like, but what do you mean? Why can't I just be the girl who falls in love and then falls out of love or whatever? Like, it doesn't make sense. Brown people do that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was these nuances of culture that I definitely am still learning. You know, as somebody who grew up in Latin America, mm-hmm. I hug and kiss and cuddle my friends and their, and their kids and puppies and everything that I can. Um, and, you know, this lockdown has been difficult because mm-hmm. this is not something we can do now. And I find myself really missing that connection that is not just in the presence, but also physical. Even when I do see my friends. Mm-hmm. you know and I'm sure you experienced something similar but it's like I want to hug you but I can't oh my God, I can't. <laughs> and there's that overall kind of sadness um you know happy that we're all here and we're healthy but also uh over like you know underlining sadness of what what would be like life going forward you know mm-hmm. yeah so I think we're entering a whole new new life of challenges for work and for living so we'll see what that brings Yes, maybe this situation will bring out all those norms, you know, uh, which are like very, uh, which should not have any importance in the culture. And uh, when people are now in the pandemic, I feel that the world is little more closer than the before. Right. Uh, so yeah, hope for the best. So moving towards the next question from the audience is, what's the difference being in front of camera and being behind the making? Oh, that's a good question. Um, everything is different. Um, being in front of the camera, I always think of it as such a gift. Um, you are part of the process, but you're not part of the planning of the process. When you're behind the camera, there's so much time and effort and challenges that go into planning and putting something together from the people that you're choosing, from the writing that you're editing, for mm-hmm. the team of uh, collaborators and creators, for opportunities. As a producer, I, I always joke because when I moved here, my mother was like, don't ask favors to people. Don't ever ask for anything. Mm-hmm. And then I moved here and I realized, oh my God, if I don't ask for anything, I'm never going to do anything. Like you have to ask, you have to tell them, I want this you have to tell them and I'm still learning that on my personal life you know how to voice those needs and um, Mm -hmm. but I grew up in that sense of like no you don't ask for help you don't ask for favor if you need something you go get it yourself and once I started in this business and when you're producing something it's all but favors you know it's all like please can I shoot in your house please would you do this for only this much money I know you're worth so much more please would you stay another hour please would you help me with this and you know I feel like I say please so many times a day you know <laughs> even today I'm working on a new project and I need help with a musician and I just spend half of my day today reaching out to people and say hey would you be willing to do this would you help me with that um, I'm trying to show this other thing and um, and I'm so lucky that I have a, a group of people, of creative people around me um, that are really willing to help. But it really takes that. It takes building. And I, th- I say for in front of in behind the camera, it really kind of takes building a tribe, gr- building a group of people that you you mesh with. And a lot of people talk about like, oh, no, I keep my personal life separate from my professional life. And, and you know, I'm someone who knows 
the lines very well. You know, I know if you're my friend, but we're working together, mm -hmm. then we have a professional behavior in this space, but we can go grab margaritas after and be a whole different conversation. Um, that's just who I am. Like the way I live my life is like, I spend so much time at work or trying to work or planning for work, mm -hmm. but I want to be doing that with, with my friends. I want to be doing that with the people that I care about. Um, so that's my advice. Find friends that are talented um, and in, excited and willing mm -hmm. and create the things that you want to create be it a piece of furniture or you know whatever it is for you yeah. um so it's it's just more time consuming and as an actor once the shooting is over i go home and i ask the producer the director the writer so how's it going do you have any updates? I'd love to see something. Mm -hmm. uh, but as the creator, the, the work really continues. And it might even at some points harder to do the post-production work than it is to even do the initial planning, not just the shoot. So the post-production usually takes a lot of time or a lot of money, depending on what you have. So if you don't have money, it takes a lot of time. Um, if you have a lot of money, then you can get it finished real quickly, but you have to put all that money into it. And um, and it's really when I, you know, I say that when you create something, you create it three times. Once you write it and plan it, and then a lot of things go wrong. And then when you shoot it, and then you have to kind of think on your feet and solve those problems. And that will generate a different product than you originally planned. And then when you sit in that room and you start to edit and you start to realize with your partners that are joining that part of the process, mm -hmm. that maybe what you shot wasn't what you wrote, and then maybe you missed something that you needed and how are you going to fix that? So, you know, there's another, there's another language there. And I think that's the thing with inter like interactive relationships, right? Like you can be saying something to someone and they're hearing something else based on their experience. Mm -hmm. And then you sit together to discuss that conversation and you realize that you both had a completely different story about what was happening. So creating something from, from the writing to the finished product is kind of like that. You know, you think you're saying something, then you look at the footage, the, the camera understood something else, mm -hmm. and then you sit with that material and you try to, to create a conversation between those things mm -hmm. that have the meaning that you were hoping you would have uh, when you first started. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. And thank you so much for sharing the details. Of course. And hope that, you know, answers the audience questions as well. So moving towards our next question is about a success story. So what is success story or being successful in this particular field means to you? Um, I like always these questions about what does it mean to be successful? Because I think there's something so different for everyone, right? It could mean, oh, I want to be famous. I want to be rich. I want to be on a show. Success mm -hmm. for me is just to work. I want to be working consistently every day just like somebody goes to an office i want to be going to a set and or be it on as a creator be it as an actor any part of that process makes me happy um and i think it, it helps me tell a story you know i think about growing up in brazil and how uh people didn't they might live in a not such a nice place but they have a tv everybody has a tv mm -hmm. and growing up in the in you know in the 80s 90s it was like the new radio everybody had one and it was so impactful to me growing up to see how does that change the culture and how does really affect the, the way people interact? And there was a, like, you know, the babies who were born during a telenovela and they have all the same names as the lead of the telenovela. And like, it starts from that one small thing to, you know, a couple of years ago when Brazil has 
their first gay kiss on TV on, on like the 8 p.m. you know telenovela and the whole country stopped. You know, which is so interesting that how how those those creative endeavors are so socially impactful and this is why i really started to love what i do it was about really it could make a change it could make an impact beyond mm -hmm. making me happy so i think when you think of success the first thing for me is am i doing what makes me happy the second thing is am i doing it with who makes me happy mm -hmm. and third is am i living the life that i want to live let it be right where i want to live in the financial conditions that i want to live Mm -hmm. um, so that to me is success but I always encourage people I always say don't let my measure of success be your measure of success you know I definitely think we are all able to get all the things that we want you know we just have to go out and try as hard as we can mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. and that's very best advice to have uh, irrespective of whichever field anybody's trying to gain the success and success is always like you know uh, you can't measure the success maybe you can just think about your happiness being in that field and you can say that you are successful. It is not a major of money as well. So thank you so much. And uh, moving towards our next section is fun segment, which we introduced since a couple of episodes and some of the guests really liked it. So I'm going to give you three words and you have to tell me what comes to your mind immediately. As you are the content creator, I'm just looking for kind of a abstract content, what comes to your mind. So are you ready? Okay, let's do it. <laughs> so the first word is equality. Hard work. Hard work, okay. Um, second word is change. Needed. Mm -hmm. And then the third word is you are a lot more involved into those initiatives, which is uh, social issues. Important. Important, yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. You did really great, actually. Thank you. I was overthinking. I was like, just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, it's very hard actually when it comes to the abstract content defining such words because people just need like, you know, sentences to describe sometimes or yeah. some examples, but it is it can be shortened as much as you want to actually if you are clear on the thought or the idea. So thank you so much. And moving towards our next section is exploring your career, work and volunteering. So the first question under that section is, do you remember your first shot as an actor and would you like to share that with the audience. That of course. I mean, you never forget your first time. That's something that is really true. Um, so my first job in Hollywood was on Iron Man 3, which was a huge budget film. And to this day, I have not worked on a film that was so big. Um, so it was definitely a, like a shock. It was my first job. I had three lines. I was in a scene with Robert Downey Jr. and Sir Brent Kinsley. Um, and I remember, you know, it was in a bed and it was me and some, some other girl and she had her lines. And I remember we were the first ones on set um, and we sat there and we just waited for them to come in. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, this is there's so many people here. There's so much going on. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was incredible to get to act with people like these veterans who have been doing this all their lives, who I watched on TV when I was little. Um, so I definitely had like that moment of just be cool, you know, just smile, wave, what's up, mm -hmm, I'm good. And, like in the side, you're like, oh my God, this is so cool. Um, 
So it was, you know, a, a memorable, incredible experience. The director, Shane Black, is a fantastic director. Mm -hmm. He changed filmmaking, you know, with, with his movies in the 80s. And um, it was, you know, it was just one of those moments in life when you think, is this really happening? Did I really get this lucky? Mm -hmm. um, and I did. And I, to this day, I'm so grateful. One thing that I do uh, whenever I book another job that I feel like, um, it's a milestone in my career. I always go back to all the people that hired me and I say, thank you for hiring me. And if you didn't hire me then, I wouldn't be getting this job now. And I think it's so important to see the road, you know, not to forget the people that, that were there for you right in the beginning. So, you know, he's definitely one of those. And I remember, I always tell the story too, because um, the day before the, the bedroom scene, we had the scene uh, in a TV station room. It was the set. And they put us in these beautiful 1920s vintage gowns mm -hmm. and it was all silk. And it was the one I was wearing was gold and beautiful, knee length, like mermaid style. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I wish I could keep this dress. And um, I had just flown in that day and I was exhausted. So I went to get some coffee, but there was no lid. And I sat on the chair holding the coffee and the makeup artist bumped on the chair and the coffee spilled all over the dress. And this is my first job, okay, in a huge set with famous people. Mm -hmm. I'm about to go on. Now the dress is ruined. And I just, my eyes just like swell, like swell with water. And I was about to cry. And the woman was like, do not cry. You're not going to ruin your makeup too. And I just like, oh my God. So I felt terrible that day. Um, luckily enough, it was close to the end of the day. And they called cut and it was the end. So we ended up not shooting that scene that night. Um, but that was definitely a lesson that I learned. I always now drink my coffee with lids and I never eat in costume just to make sure nothing like that ever happens again. But you know, it was, it was definitely an experience. Wow. That's great actually. And thank you so much for sharing. It must be like, you know, always you are going to remember it because you started with the Iron Man 3. <laughs> Many people can, you know, there are a huge fan following for that movie series. So thank you so much. And, uh, Next question for you under that section is what change would you like to see in the society or the culture? Are you involved into any such initiatives which you would like to share with the audience? You already shared actually, but uh, would you like to share more and elaborate more on that part? Um, I, for me, the biggest issue is equality. You know, this year in the U.S., finally, we have the first woman in a big title office. Watching Kamala Harris do her speech, you know, when Joe Biden was confirmed the next president is an experience that I think, I mean, I would never have again. I was bawling. I was crying. I was thinking, look, there is AOC now. We have Kamala Things are changing and it doesn't mean just for politics, it trickles down. So now we're gonna see on TV, brown women playing politicians. We're gonna see, you know, empowered, educated Latinas, you know, Southeast Asians, African-Americans, because that's what we're seeing in the world. We're gonna see women being empowered in different ways. Mm -hmm. um, and we get to write those stories and, and play those parts, you know? So that was really exciting. But in the real world as well, you see that now women are gonna be fighting for the rights of other women. Not that we're not already, not that we're not trying, mm -hmm. but when the power is held all by the white males who are been there for, for all their lives, mm -hmm. it's really hard to see change or to believe in change. I think this year for me, my biggest lesson has been in believing, mm -hmm. you know, 
in in everything that's happening in the world you know with my family being so far away and not being able to see them and 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 not knowing that this idea of not knowing what's coming with, with this virus you know the last time this happened was what in the 1800s you know so there's no precedent to what's happening now and it's you know it's been a challenge at some points to believe that that the good the good is going to come that the good things are going to happen um and it's a it's a constant struggle so i feel like that was one thing that i that that needs change is equality um in entertainment we see that like we do in any other business women are paid less uh there's less opportunities for people of color um the, the excuse always is oh but they're not as educated they're not as whatever and my answer whenever i get something like that is well if they, we don't give them their first jobs they're never gonna yeah. have mm -hmm. yeah everybody speaks for the opportunity actually and even yeah. the opportunity definitely people can prove themselves so uh, thank you so much for sharing and i'm really happy that you agreed and came on the show because you are involved into a lot of good initiatives as well as you are doing great in your career aspect where you know majority of the parents sometimes think that this is not the good profession for their kids yeah. but you're really doing great so thank you so much i just want to ask you the questions that when you decided to uh, you know uh, you wanted to be an actor what was your parents reaction actually like oh that's a great story <laughs> um well i used to be a teacher so i was i had a 9 to 5 you know kind of life and my mother who raised me she was very um happy that i had something stable mm -hmm. that i could take care of myself and she knew she never had to worry about me um and then one day i called her and i told her mom i quit my job and she said what do you mean you quit your job i'm like i don't want to do this mm -hmm. i want to be an actress i had just done a commercial and i remember thinking i haven't been this happy ever mm -hmm. in this job this is what i want to be doing mm -hmm. um and my mother cried and she cried on the phone and she's like but you're my teacher and you know i don't have to worry about you and oh. you know my friends are going to say that you know that's not a respectable profession and i also understand like being an actress in brazil entails things that really don't entail here you know most brazilian actors have been on playboy have done oh, okay. other projects there are more i'd say racy but in you know in other places it's not the same so um and i found a way i think to combine my passion for social justice with my work as an actor so i didn't have to have a 9 to 5 career to try to make an impact in the life that i am living and the people around me so i think finding that intersection mm -hmm. came to me recently really and within the last 2 years maybe 3 that i started to see i don't have to wait for something to do uh, to do a project that might impact people you know i grew up in brazil and it was it, you know it was a poor still is a poor country overall and um and my mother really raised us to try to help whoever and we, we can whenever you know um so that really stuck with me and i think it's really a part of my wanting to um to create change for for a larger group of people than just myself so when i told her she started crying and i was like mom i'm sorry that your friends are going to say things but i'm really not concerned about living my life so that your friends don't say things to you um and and she started crying some more and then it, i think then what she really meant came out which was well i didn't have to worry about you and now i'm going to have to worry about you all the time and you're not even close i can't even help 
So that was when I was like, oh, I understand now where this is coming from. Mm -hmm. So um, it was a moment for sure. Now she's one of my biggest supporters. You know, whenever I tell her, I, mom, I met a boy. And she's like, does he know you have a career? Does he know you're busy? <laughs> it's nice to see how those things have flipped, you know. And whenever I feel like I lost belief and, you know, she says to me, no, things are going to be fine. Just have faith. You have to believe. Um, and it's nice to hear. At the same time, it's like, you know, I feel the pressure. Like I want to succeed for her. But at the same time, it's like it's nice to have the people who know me the most mm -hmm. really believe in me so yes and you are doing great actually because you are not only strict to like you know acting you are learning all the aspects of it and mm -hmm. you are doing great like you know because uh, content creation and creating something unique is something that industry always demands like come up with something and you are mixing up both like content creation plus the social impact which is like you know uh, giving back to the community as well so you're doing great on that front and your parents must be proud of that. So thank you so much. And moving towards our next section is about tips and advice. You already mentioned actually your story about how you landed up into the acting and you know, how you convinced your parents as well. So any tips or advice would you like to give to the students or the professionals who are trying to pursue their passion in this specific field and looking for you know growth and considering this as a long-term career for them? Um, the, I, I don't know about advice. Mm -hmm. I feel like, um, who am I to give people advice? And I feel like when, when I have asked for advice, mm -hmm. most of the time it wasn't good. Um, I feel like the best advice is when you don't ask for it and you can pick up those little pearls of, of wisdom from people who are doing what you want to be doing. Um, but the, you know, if there's one thing I, I would say is anything you want to do in life, mm -hmm. just don't give up. Just yep. don't listen. Mm -hmm. And I know saying, oh, don't give up, work hard. Like it's something that we hear a lot, mm -hmm. but there's gonna be so many people that are gonna tell you you can't do it. Mm -hmm. So many. There will be more people telling you you can't do something than people who are going to encourage you to do it. And the truth of that is that it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with your ability to do something, with your excess of doing something. 99% of the time, those people telling you you can't do it, you won't do it, that you're gonna suffer or whatever, are people who are not living the life that they wanna be living. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the people who are too scared to quit their jobs, quit their marriages, tell whoever they love them or whatever. So it gives them validity to tell you not to do something. Mm -hmm. So don't listen. Yeah. And if you get to a point that you realize this is not for me, it's okay to change your mind too. You know, during this pandemic, I think if people had the time, and luckily I did, I spent a lot of it reflecting, you know, and thinking, am I living the life that I want to live? Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm still learning the effects of that question uh, this year. Mm -hmm. um, some lessons much harder than others. But, you know, there is this by rogue, this like used to do something a certain way thing that is very hard to break. Mm -hmm. And before the pandemic, you know, for me, I was just going about life, one thing to the next, one thing to the next. What's the next thing? What's the next thing? Oh, and now I travel here. Now I travel there. Now I see these people. Now I will do this job. So, you know, there was no time for me to think about, do I even want to be doing this job? Mm -hmm. you know, that, I made that choice 10 years ago. Am I still happy doing what I'm doing? You know, yeah. and this time was yes the answer was if i catch this thing and die tomorrow there is nothing else i want to be doing mm -hmm. um, and that was a really great 
realization. I feel I know friends who have come to different realizations of saying, actually, I want to live by the beach or I don't want to be in LA or, you know, so people have come to that realization in a different way. But for me, it has been absolutely, I, I'm doing what I love. Um, and I think that's important too, to realize down the line. And I know it's hard because if you spend 10 years doing something now, that's part of who you are and to say to yourself, mm -hmm. I'm not this person anymore. Sometimes it's hard, yeah. you know? And I think, I came to the realization of many other things that I am not anymore through this process. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of advice, I would say, yeah, just don't listen to them. What do other people know? Even the people who think they know you, they don't really know you because they are always trying to tell you things from where they come from. And it's like I said, you know, when you're creating a project, they're telling you something based on their story, which you, you are unaware of. Mm -hmm. And then you hear something else because you're hearing it from your point of view, which they're unaware of. Mm -hmm. So the result of that is always like, did we come to a conclusion? Are we saying, are we speaking the same language, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so remember that when you're going about life, um, doing what again whatever it is that you want to do be a singer be a dancer be a carpenter whatever mm -hmm. um, I think that's the only advice I would ever give going forward is that uh, but in terms of tips I would say you need partners mm -hmm. you, know, you need to build a life around you that goes beyond the job you want to have Mm -hmm. And the best way to do that is to do that job with the people you like, and then hopefully you will love them. You know, I got to do a project this year and I met so many people that I now call friends mm -hmm. and I felt like my little world expanded a little more. And now I'm thinking the next thing I have, of course, I'm going to hire them, you know? So you start to like, or I hope they hired me and you start to like build this little nest of friendship and work that um, will propel you throughout your life. Cause at the end of the day, a job is a job. It's not a life, yep, yep. you know, so make sure that you don't lose track of that. Yes. Thank you so much. And that's, that is the best tip to have because it is more important to have those like-minded people. Who, it's kind of a support system for you, whichever field you are trying to establish your career in. So thank you so much. And moving towards the closure of this episode, we are discussing the leadership already you mentioned actually, but uh, just to close this, I would like to ask the way you are leading, you are passionate, the interest, what is your leadership style and any specific leader that you always follow or admire and why? Tell me again, the question again. Sorry, you broke up a little bit. Yeah, no, so it is more, we are moving towards the closure of this episode. So the last section we have is the leadership. So you are truly leading your area of interest. So what is your leadership style and any specific leader that you always follow or admire and why? Um, I, I look for women that are, you know, strong and, and successful. And um, I struggle in my life a lot with like verbal communication on, on whenever I feel emotionally connected because, um, you know, there's that fear of, are they going to understand me? Are they going to see me? Are they going to, you know, judge me? So there's all those things. So I'm very private as a person and I don't really share. Um, mm -hmm. It takes me a lot of time to share my privacy with people. Um, so I always look for women that are openly brave. Mm -hmm. or talk about their hardship in, in an open way. Um, I've read a lot of books by Rachel Hollis. I love her voice. I think she's someone 
who empowers women and at the same time is so painfully honest about the stuff that happens to her life mm -hmm. um, in the hopes that that will help someone. I'm a big fan of Michelle Obama. You know, I think that woman is not just amazingly smart, but has an incredible amount of class. Mm -hmm. and that's something that I want to have in my life. Uh, Kamala Harris is someone mm -hmm. that just with a smile, you know, opens up a room in a way that maybe sometimes I would be too shy to do. Um, you know, so I, I look for women who um, inspire me. And I've gotten the question many times of like, oh, you know, when you look at this, you know, who do you look up to? What actor, what content creator, what person do you look at their career and think this is what I want? Mm -hmm. And my conclusion of that has always been, there isn't someone who looks like me doing what I want to be doing. You know, there isn't. I think the closest to it has been JLo, maybe. Like, she is creating content, giving opportunities, um, also doing the creative part of the work, and, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, the point was, there wasn't anyone when I was a child that I would look at and those little TVs and say, this, this is who I want to be. This is what I want to be doing. Mm -hmm. And now, now I feel like the world is changing. I mean, slowly, but it's changing. And to be able to watch that inauguration speech that's coming next, next year and, and see, you know, people standing there who look like me, who mm -hmm. that's, I, I just can't imagine what it would be like being a child and mm -hmm. having a sense of anything is possible. Um, so for me, like I look for women who make me believe that anything is possible, no matter what your mistakes are, what your flaws are. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's just great. Yeah, that's great. And thank you so much for sharing. And oh, I really appreciate all your time and consideration. Just to close this episode, I'm going to close it with your tip, which is like, don't give up and always surround yourself with the like-minded people or kind of a supporting people who can support your idea or the thought and you have that freedom to experiment in your career. So thank you so much. And I hope you all will enjoy this episode. And as I always say, until we meet, happy leading. Let's lead together. Stay safe. Bye for now. Stay safe. Bye. Thanks for watching. Thank you so much.